0: Hi, welcome back. You're here. James and I almost not so much. But welcome to Wrong and Wronger, the podcast where your hosts show up about 14 milliseconds before we begin to to uh, broadcast to record. James, our lives have been sent into hyperspace.
1: Would you agree? I don't know what you mean by that, but I'd say the 14 seconds or 14 milliseconds is a bit generous. I would say maybe one or two milliseconds (laughs) max we got on here before this thing started. You have to understand how little prep work goes into it. I mean, it shows, but sometimes people like try to make things seem off the cuff and chaotic, but this is, this is all natural chaos. I assure you. We are are really, this this is organic chaos. Yes.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, speaking of chaos, James, we unleashed a, some kind of tempest in a teapot last week, but we'll get to that in a second. I do want to introduce the show. This is the podcast where Breakwell and I debate topics that seem like they're nothing on the surface, but James, they will trend on Twitter.
1: Yeah, they pop up and they stick around for a while and they disappear forever. Such is the nature of the internet, but we are we are always proud to cash in on a trend as it happens so let's go ahead and jump on this bandwagon before it derails yeah what are we going to talk about today we are going to talk about what's the best part of cake the frosting or the cake part and this was inspired by somebody who posted a uh, a picture of themselves and it was like triple layered cake with layers of frosting in between and they had eaten the cake out from between the frosting And some people thought that was the most brilliant thing they'd ever seen, and some people were horrified. So we're going to jump into the debate.
0: (laughs) So what is the best part of cake, the frosting or the cake? Yes. And uh, as uh, the viewers have surmised, I was searching frantically for the Guam quarter of fate Uh while you were talking there. (laughs) And uh, lo and behold, I found it. My life, James, my life is like a snow globe that got shaken, dropped, broken, and then stepped on by a 76 trombone parade. I,
1: uh, I don't know what's You're going on over there. So. I don't want to know. There will be no personal questions asked after this broadcast. We're just going to keep rolling. <laughs> well,
0: it got personal this week, James, because... We eliminated the penalty videos last week, and I'm fairly certain all eight of our listeners chimed in on Twitter, and there was universal agreement that you and I are the epitome of evil.
1: There are, but you know what? Those eight regulars—I recognized all the names. They are our regulars going back, but uh, like in terms of viewership, like it made no difference this week for any other week. Like you, in order, in order <laughs> to be mad about that. You had to watch the video and then be mad. Like, you had to give us your view first. So I know for a fact right. it makes no viewership difference whatsoever. Like, if it was giving us a boost, we would have kept going. But... Uh but it wasn't, and then YouTube cruelly struck down my Napoleon Dynamite video, and that was my last straw. I think I got it back up, but I had to like mute it for part of it because they said the you know the music was copyrighted, uh, Fair Use didn't apply, and it's like I'm just done. This is this is too much trouble for no result. So although we've we've angered all eight of our listeners, the decision stands. I mean, I I can't say we'll never throw out like a one-off you know challenge video for something that arises from this you know just us hating each other, but as a regular feature, it's done.
0: Wow. So you were able to petition YouTube. I'm sure you got all eight people to sign, and they reinstated the Napoleon Dynamite video. I believe
1: for you. so, but I didn't watch through, through it all the way. It would depress me too much, but I'm pretty sure there's like a 45-second chunk <laughs> in the middle that, that's muted. The song goes the whole time, but it's playing off my tiny laptop speakers, and so for part of it, the algorithm couldn't detect the song, but part of it, it could, and I'm pretty sure it's muted, so maybe that's for the best. You don't need to hear me plodding around anyway. Muting muting is probably better. So, good! Uh, all of the penalty
0: videos are up in their full glory for everyone to behold and marvel so toward.
1: Is true, for posterity. So, just in case you ever want to get a job someplace else, this will immediately disqualify you here. We, we are unemployable. <laughs>
0: Oh man, ain't that the truth? (laughs) Actually, that ain't the truth. And that will lead us in, in a perfect segue. We are segue machines today to our compliment portion of the broadcast. And James, I saw that you had tweeted a picture of you in a sound booth looking like a real voice artist. And I thought, wow, Breakwell is coming into his own. What was that
1: experience like for you doing the audio of your book? Yeah, so it was for Bare Minimum Parenting, The Ultimate Guide to Not Quite Ruining Your Child. This is the second book I've recorded. They they hired me both times to, to read my own book, which I was pretty excited about. But the best part was they didn't make me slow down. I talk on there exactly like I'm talking right now. And so they booked like 14 <laughs> hours to do this thing, and I banged it out in six and a half. I was just through that thing because they so like you know what you're not on npr this is the speed you rant at it's like that's right i've never felt more validated in my life and uh yeah and i just went it was uh and in mind you that six and a half hours was with i kid you not 909 do-overs like anytime i flubbed a line and they had to hit oh. a button to go back they they tallied up the yeah. flubs at the end 909 now sometimes i flub the same line like four times in a row but yeah Nine hundred nine. That that poor audio engineer gave his life to make that book. So, <laughs> and then I, I cost, then I cost him money because he's a freelancer. So I, I cost him a day of work by going so fast. So I I heard a lot of people that day. But you know what? The book is done, and I'm excited about that. So it'll be ready for launch date, along with the paper version and the ebook version. Do we have a date? circled on yes. the calendar. Yes, November 6th is when it comes out. If you order it online, sometimes you get it a couple weeks earlier. But November 6th is the official launch date. Fantastic, and that's in all formats. All formats across the board here in the UK. Actually, the UK it launches like three or four days earlier because they're you know quirky like that. But I don't think that's going to help most of our listeners. I think they're stuck with the US version. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's great and a lot of fun for you and it generates revenue and gets
1: you out there and it'll extend your brand. I'm proud of you. Yes, that is uh, that book supports this podcast right here because this podcast is not making any money. <laughs> so to make this possible, we got to make money some other way. And my compliment to you, Steve, is uh, that you continue your dramatic lifestyle. Like Even in your recreational activities, you are constantly (laughs) on the road. You travel for work. You travel for your kids' hockey. You you are never home. I don't know why you're in the process of buying another home. You don't need a home. You live in hotel rooms. (laughs) So props to you for being permanently homeless.
0: Oh, man. Well, I'm actually in Journey 4 studio (laughs) right now. But This is why I had to blow in. I'm leaving at 5 tomorrow morning for San Antonio. I just came in from St. Louis. Yeah, I do three podcasts. The Commute, of course, launched this week. Uh-huh. I've got, I do play-by-play for a hockey team. So I'm in St. Louis today. Next weekend, I'm in Denver. And uh, I do my full-time private practice. I do my speaking engagements on the road. So one day I'll die, and <laughs> I'll be happy.
1: Yeah, just- <laughs> but until that day... You just had to rub it in. You do three podcasts to my two. I see how it is. We were tied with two. You had to slip the commute back in there. That's okay. (laughs) I will. I will give you the podcaster crown for now. For now,
0: you have two audio books to my (laughs) none. Actually, the only books that Twitter generated for me, you're in. So you and I are tied on those too. The. Jeez, I can't even think of it. It's a long title, but it's the the best parenting tweets on Twitter. Yeah, Yeah. those did
1: come out. Yeah, that's true. So we got we got some history there, and uh, you should definitely check. out... We actually
0: got paid for those. You should
1: definitely uh, check out the commute. I myself have not listened to this episode, so I can't vouch for it. But I'm sure, knowing Steve, that it is wonderful, (laughs) wonderful, and terrible at the same time. So you just got to hear it. Uh, Who is who's your first guest? My first guest is a gal who was an FBI
0: special agent for 20 years, and she just retired, and she was on site right after 9-11. She was the lead researcher in a major branch of the investigation, wow. a gal named Martha Heston. Really interesting you didn't, interview.
1: You didn't interview her uh, one day before retirement, did you? That's always, always a perilous no, time in law enforcement.
0: <laughs> she was like Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. Yeah, yeah she's just getting too old for this stuff. But we're getting old and so is this podcast, James. we got to flip the quarter and do the debate
1: as another segue
0: rolls right on by. So cake, frosting or cake, which is the best part? Which side or what will be represented by the sides for you? Heads, I'm cake. Tails, I'm frosting. Ooh, you went opposite of what I thought you were going to say. Heads is cake. Yes. We all love cake and frosting, and you're back to your old ways. It is... Ah! Well, it's gone now, but it was heads. Everybody saw George Washington. You, sir, have cake. What
1: did you drop over there? Do I even want to (laughs) know?
0: I dropped the corner of the... Up against the thing, and the quarter went down in between, and I'm never going to be able to get. Them. I'm going to, have to slither on my belly like the serpent in the Garden of Eden to get the darn thing. You better, because
1: just to uh, be James, clear, I the, am on my last nerve. If the quarter okay, yeah, yeah. goes, so goes the podcast. Like we cannot continue without <laughs> that specific quarter. It all depends on that. But as long as we still have the <laughs> podcast, for now, I'll go ahead and prove you wrong, real quick. Because cake is where it's at. When you order cake, it has both cake and frosting, but you call it cake, you don't call it frosting. Frosting is just an auxiliary part, it's a minor feature. The bulk of the action is the cake, and everything else is just decoration. I mean, the cake is the bulk of the calories, it's the bulk of the flavor. I mean, the best moment with a cake is when you slice it apart past all that gaudy frosting to see what the real flavor is inside. Because that frosting just hits your lips for a second, but that cake cake. That's the substance. That is the essence of it. That's like that's like uh, saying, which what's more important, your car or the paint on the car? I mean, the car is important. The paint is just the outside dressing, and that's what you're dealing with here. The frosting is just the sugar paint that covers a the cake. There is no contest. Cake is better than frosting. You
0: know, just because you label something analogous doesn't mean <laughs> that it's analogous. It I, I don't understand the whole car paint thing, but James, did you get married, James?
1: Yes, yes, I did. Did you have a cake at your wedding, I had a James? wedding cake, not a wedding frosting pile, for your information. <laughs> okay, I like how you're trying to
0: subvert my argument <laughs> right from the word go. If you stripped the frosting off of that thing, your wife would have been angry. She would have stormed out of the banquet hall, probably kicking the door open with that dress kind of bunched up because the trailer was going to be dragging behind her into the parking lot and she wouldn't have cared because the frosting makes the cake. You can take a pedestrian sheet cake and make it pop, man. That (laughs) thing can rock and roll because frosting can do anything with the cake and it's tasty. Frosting brings out the little kid in you, man. What would a Twinkie be with the cream filling it would just be a piece of spongy mess the frosting you can make it thick you can make it thin you got butter frosting all the different kinds of cake you got just as many kinds of frosting and you can decorate that sucker with frosting if you've ever watched cake wars or cake artists or whatever those reality shows are they can make the most amazing works of art with frosting and Fondant, which I don't even know what that is, but it probably tastes good. You just
1: checkmated yourself. You you stumbled into a very unfortunate argument. I'm going to show you how unimportant frosting is. Let's talk about fondant. Fondant is basically edible. Oh, you pronounced it correctly. Yes. Thank you. I've seen those Cake Boss videos too. And I always, I told my wife, man, that looks delicious. And she's like, you know fondant is, is, you know, tasteless and barely edible, right? It's made, so it's like, it's like (laughs) putting Play-Doh on a cake. It's technically edible, but when you go to eat it, they strip off all that fondant and all that's left is the cake. It's like building with Legos and having like a brownie hidden inside. The two are completely unrelated. (laughs) And it's so unimportant to the cake that it's okay to strip it away. It's just pointless decoration on top. It's all flash and no substance. Nobody in their right mind eats fondant. Again, it's just it's pointless window dressing. And when they peel it off, nobody cares. They don't say, well, that's not a cake because it doesn't have frosting. It just had fondant. They say, that's a cake because whether it's frosting or it's fondant, it doesn't matter. The main event is cake. And fondant just proves beyond a doubt how pointless frosting is. If you can peel something off and happily eat what's left, how, how excited are you about what you peeled off? Fondant is just the wrapper. It's like saying what's more important, the Tootsie Roll or the wrapper it came Cayman? Of course the Tootsie Roll is more important. The cake is more important. And back to my wife at the wedding, you think my wife would have been happy if we had put frosting over some styrofoam? No, the frosting wasn't the point. The decoration wasn't the point. The cake <laughs> underneath was the point. The cake is everything and you're just done. That You don't have anything else to come back at me with.
0: I'm fairly convinced that the part of the cake you put in the freezer for a year and then eat on your anniversary is a piece of styrofoam. So don't tell me that that's actually edible. And let's take fondant or fondant. Fondant. What is the correct way to say it? Fondant. 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 Oh, fond! Wow. Boy, this is where I should have probably studied in school. <coughs> anyway, if you take fondant on what percentage of people have actually had a cake with fondant on it? I'm guessing it's less than 0.3%. I know I haven't, so don't take a little sliver of the argument and make it the whole thing. That's a logical fallacy, and I can't remember what it's called because I did study, and I had logic <laughs> class at 8 in the morning, but... Frosting, nobody in your household will argue over who gets the most cake. It's who gets which piece of the cake that has the particular glob of frosting. Whether it's a flower, whether it's a little figure on the frosting, whether it's a swimming pool made out of frosting, that's what the kids want because frosting is fantastic. And if you've ever taken a big... like a a serving spoon full of frosting out of the Duncan Hines jar and just shoved it right into your mouth, James, you know that there can be heaven on earth, my friend. Frosting is the bomb. And you can put whatever you want on the cake written in frosting. Someone dared me to get a cake with a cuss word on it, so my wife went to the store and had the lady write a cuss word on the cake, and I tweeted a picture of it. That's why I married her.
1: She's way cleverer than I am. (laughs) But Frosting makes its own argument because it's just delicious. Well, actually, my wife isn't a big fan of frosting, and when she eats her cake, she typically strips off the excess frosting and gives it to me because I'm on garbage disposal, and I'll eat both cake and frosting. (laughs) But the cake is where it's at, and if she gave me just frosting and with no cake, I'd probably get sick. My kids only, I think two of them like frosting, and two of them think it's too much. I mean, it's not universal. And as for the fondant thing, it might only be 3% of people have ever eaten a cake with fondant on it, but 100% of the glitzy cakes on TV that made cake a thing, the whole cake phenomenon, on Food Network and The Learning Channel and everything else, 100% of popular cakes oh, yeah. in the public eye are covered in fondant. It's all marketing. It's all out there. Cake is being driven. It's it's being driven by this, this illusion, this lie. And the only reason it works <laughs> is when you peel it off, there's still cake underneath so people aren't terribly disappointed. It's like, yes, you covered this in deception, but cake itself is so amazing we can still get by. I think you will find there are people who think that frosting is too sweet and they can't handle it? But there's nobody who says cake is too sweet. As if you had the Venn diagram here, you've got—I mean—the overlap is just a very small <laughs> sliver. Everybody eats cake, and then there's a small sliver that that likes frosting, but nobody eats just frosting and no cake. That's—that's that's not a thing. Oh, it's not man. possible.
0: I could put frosting on a slice of Wonder Bread, and it would be fabulous. I don't know who you're talking about. We will let the voters decide. Cast the dice and let them know how to vote for Olivas. All right,
1: let me dig it out here. That was another segue, by the way. I'm on fire tonight. Yeah, liar, liar, pants on fire. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a it's segue, too. so bitter. Too. So bitter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you want to vote for me and cake, and who would vote against cake? Vote for 17... If you want to vote for Steve and General Insanity, vote for 8, <laughs> just the number 8. And if you want to throw Ooh, that's away your my vote lucky number as a kid. with a random, vote for 9. <laughs> we are clustered together today. 8, 9, and <laughs> 17. 17's that's the number. going to make early. a problem.
0: <laughs> you know, the one thing that I... Oh, and 8 plus 9 equals 17, so Whoa. we're mathematically congruent. But <laughs> we are at the nexus of the universe, man. <laughs> All right, seventeen for breakwell and dry, bland, banal food. Eight for Olivas, like fireworks in your mouth, and not not Olivas but the frosting. And nine for the throwaway boat.
1: <laughs> Why, Steve? Why?
0: <laughs> we almost made it to the finish line. All right. Until next week, Breakwell's probably going to regain his composure sometime around five, six days from now, so he'll be ready to go. Don't worry about it. But until next week, this is Steve Olivas for James the Exploding Unicorn, Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, two wrongs, according to Breakwell, can make a right.